You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. What is up, Moon Bus Mob and Zinger Nation? How are we doing on this fine Wednesday? My name is Logan Ross, and this is Moon or Bust, your home for all things altcoins and DeFi. I am joined today by my two wonderful co-hosts. We have the DeFi developer himself, Brian Moore, and master of Margin Ryan McNamara. We have a great show for you today. Uh, I'm personally super, super excited for this one. We're going to be talking to Peng Zong from the Cosmos blockchain. If you aren't familiar with Cosmos, uh, it's basically the internet of blockchains, okay? So they have over 240 blockchains plugged into them right now, uh, including Polygon and the Binance Smart Chain. So any proof-of-stake blockchain can plug into them, and, and so many of them have been already. Uh, so the Cosmos Hub, it, it seems like the place to be, uh, and Peng is leading the development on the chain. So uh, it's super, super exciting, and it's going to be really fascinating. A lot of cool stuff to learn today. Uh so Uniswap has officially launched on Optimism. Ryan, I know that you have been excited for this, looking forward to it for a long time. Can you tell us what this means? Yeah, so this actually came to a surprise to me because Uniswap's been talking about implementing with Arbitrum now, and there hasn't been much word on implementing Optimism on Uniswap. Although Uniswap did say they would they would use Optimism before they said anything about Arbitrum. Um, both Optimism and Arbitrum are layer two scaling solutions for Ethereum. Uh, so the goal with this is to reduce fees and make basically instant transactions on Uniswap. So Uniswap released this yesterday. It's really cool. I, I went in, I deposited some liquidity on Optimism just to see how it would work. It's actually a really simple process. Logan, do you want to pull it up? Do you want to try and go through and show people how to actually deposit money onto Optimism so you can use yeah, it on sure. Uniswap? So, so Optimism is a layer two, right? Okay, so uh, that means I'm going to have to send my assets uh, from the Ethereum mainnet over to this layer two network. Uh, and so we go to gate, uh, gateway.optimism.io, uh, connect your MetaMask wallet, uh, and then you're basically good to go. So I'm going to send over 0.045 like, ETH, should be something like 100 bucks. Uh, and I'm going to try to deposit that onto... Uh, onto the Optimism Network. So the gas fee is 13 bucks. I was expecting it to be somewhere around there. That's honestly not too bad. Um, I mean, it's going to price out a lot of people, but but can't complain. Yeah, like, like that's just a one-time fee too. So you're paying that on Ethereum's network and that's like a normal gas fee. But once mm -hmm. you do that, your your money will be deposited on Optimism. And once you're on Optimism, you'll be paying less than a dollar for every transaction. Yeah, so Ryan, you did this yesterday. And, and um, what's the advantage of, of you know moving over to Optimism versus staying on the mainnet? Uh, so there, there are definitely a few advantages of using Optimism over just the layer one blockchain. 
Um, for one, you know, investors can get into this for a hundred, two hundred bucks, whereas on Uniswap, you know, you'd need at least a few thousand dollars to really make a, a decent ROI. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the reasons I did it is just to experiment because now that gas fees are so cheap on Optimism, you can go ahead and deposit some money and, and put in some concentrated liquidity on Uniswap. And what I'm doing right now is I'm concentrating my liquidity super concentrated, like 1% in either direction, because the more concentrated your liquidity is, the higher fees you earn. So I'm trying to concentrate my liquidity very concentrated to earn the most interest as possible. And mm -hmm. since since I don't always have to be in range on optimism, I can I can adjust my positions accordingly. Um, you know, before I wouldn't I wouldn't make a concentrated liquidity position one percent in either direction because maybe I'd only be in it for a day or two and then I'd stop earning interest and then I'd have right. to pay maybe twenty, thirty, forty dollars even to to take out my liquidity. And not mm -hmm. only that, but then you have to pay another hundred to two hundred dollars to input your liquidity. So you'd have mm -hmm. to be making like $300 in interest over a day to make it feasible. So for most investors, it's just not feasible to concentrate your liquidity in such a tight range on layer one. But now with Optimism on layer two, you can move your funds around so much easier because it's costing me like 70 cents to exit a position, 50 cents to enter a position. And to trade, it's almost free. It's like under 10 cents to trade on Uniswap. So this is a great option for anyone looking to trade Ethereum tokens on Uniswap. Uh, it's definitely one of the cheapest ways to trade crypto now and you actually own it, right? So you don't have to pay any gas fees. Uh, if you watched the episode last week where Logan traded on Uniswap, you had to pay like $20 or $30 just to trade one swap on Uniswap. So obviously yeah. if you're only trading with a few hundred dollars, it's not very feasible. Uh, but now you can you have access to so many tokens not listed on exchanges and you can swap for under a dollar. Uh, okay, so I'm seeing here that it takes about 20 minutes before the before it's going to be finalized. Um, so maybe we will move on and come back to it. Uh, so, yeah, so next, what's up? So yeah, that that problem happened with me. It said it would take up to 20 minutes to finalize, but actually, if you go on Uniswap and you have the uh, optimism it set as your network, it might already register. It, it took me probably three or four minutes to to, to register on Uniswap. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the next piece of news. Uh, so real quick, this came out earlier this morning. Uh, Jerome Powell uh, said that the, the, the Fed is going to publish a report on digital currency early in September. Uh, I, I'm personally very curious to see what this is going to say. Um, all regulation, I think, well, it might be bad for short-term prices, adds legitimacy to cryptocurrency, and, and is only good in the long term. So uh, this is just a quick little... Quick little announcement that came out today I wanted to let you guys know about. Um, other than that, Brazil has approved an Ethereum ETF. Brian, do you want to tell us about this? Yeah, I mean, this uh, this happened... I saw the news this morning at like 5 o'clock, so there's not a whole lot of uh, more information about it. But we were talking about um, the uh, crypto ETFs, I think, was it Monday? I think we had the... Yeah, it was Monday. Um, we were talking about grayscale and, um, bullish and all those, that whole package. But now, um, Brazil is now the first country in Latin America to approve, uh, Ethereum exchange traded fund. Uh, it's going to go by the ticker Q E T H one, one, and kind of going to let anyone who wants to, uh, get into crypto and easy. Well, if you're in, you know, Brazil, get into crypto and you don't have access to, you know, a lot of other stuff that anywhere else you can. So it kind of gives you that um, easy use. You have a lot less uh, risk and 
you're going with a, you know, a trusted firm that's going to be managing the fund. So I, I, I am very bullish on, you know, crypto ETFs and that whole space, which will bring a whole lot of people into crypto that are only focused on stocks. Now they're kind of getting slowly getting into it. And hopefully we can move them over to, you know, full-time decentralization, but a lot of those people will not. So this is kind of neat. Brian, can you tell us that ticker one more time? I missed it the first time you said it. Q-E-T-H-11-1-1. Okay, cool. I don't know if it, uh, I don't so know do? how we would be able to access it, but there's a ticker if you're in Brazil and watching. You got it. Yeah, I wonder if there is any way to access it, because right now in the U.S. there aren't any Ethereum ETFs that I know of, right? Um, I... Grayscale has um, a few, but they're OTC. But it's like a, not it's just a trust, Ethereum. It's, it's a like in, yeah, it Ethereum is inside their, and it's not really an ETF. It's inside their whole like quote unquote ETF fund. So it's yeah, I I, I think you're right. I don't think there is just a solely um, a sole Ethereum fund. So that's kind of neat. Right. That's cool too. And I, I'm really bullish on Ethereum, like we all are. So I I think it's gonna in the next like i don't know six months we'll be we'll go back to all-time highs easy surpass mm -hmm. it yeah if only the u.s could uh could be this up-to-date and forward thinking on their etfs um then yeah i mean they haven't even approved a bitcoin etf yet they just keep delaying them over and over again uh and so an ethereum etf is still i mean it's it's out of the the picture right now for for the u.s <laughs> Um, but it's cool to see other countries doing it. I know Canada has it. Now Brazil has it too. That, that's the first South American country to add it. Um, but it's pretty exciting to see where this goes in the future. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get a U.S. one eventually. All right. So do we so, have Ping Zong backstage yet, Logan? Yes, he is. He, he is backstage. Uh, so I say let's do the interview now. Um, re real quick, guys, I just wanted to fill you in. We had a, a messed up redirect from the previous show. Uh, that's why there's... Uh, not too many people here right now, um, but we are, are Spencer's working on redirecting the uh, the Fed stream into us. Uh, so hopefully we'll pick up here. But th there's 82 people waiting for Monday's Mooner Bust episode right now, which is great. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So this is the moment that I have been waiting for. Uh, hopefully you've been waiting for as well. The Cosmos interview uh, uh, with Peng Zong, the CEO of Tendermint. Tired of getting left behind on winning trades? Join Benzinga's free masterclass on July 24th to learn how to spot breakout trades before they skyrocket. Featuring live interactive lessons on how to trade meme stocks, read charts, identify trends, and so much more. To register for free, go to events.benzinga.com. Peng, how are you doing today? Welcome to Moon or Bust. I'm doing great. Extremely happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Um, okay, so for those out there who don't know about you, could you tell us a little bit about your background in crypto? Yeah, so I, I'm Peng. I started hearing about crypto in 2014, and I joined Tournament the next year in 2015. And uh, I've had a background in UI design and development, front-end development. So I, I make you know make things look good, make things easy to use. So that's really my background. Awesome. Uh, okay, so can you tell us a little bit about the Cosmos project and how it got started? Yeah, so Cosmos kicked off in 2016. The co-founders, Jake Kwan and Ethan Buckman, um, they had an idea for, you know, the internet of blockchains, where all mm -hmm. blockchains you know, around the world are all connected together, mm -hmm. communicating between each other, sending tokens, etc. And I think, you know, what is it now? Five years later in 2021, this is when this is actually starting, right? Mm -hmm. So they've had this vision for a long time. And 
you know, it seems to be the future, right? This multi-chain interconnected future. For sure. So I noticed Tendermint is the company that, that builds Cosmos blockchain, but they're not directly integrated with each other, right? So could you kind of delineate what Tendermint does for the Cosmos blockchain and, and what the separation is there? Yep. So Tendermint is one of the core development entities behind Cosmos. Um, there's about 15 different companies and organizations that build Cosmos, and Tendermint focuses on product development and communications for the Cosmos ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So if you see stuff coming out of the at Cosmos Twitter handle, you know, that's that's run by our team. Um, if you're seeing, you know, the websites about about Cosmos or this thing called Gravity Dex or, you know, things yeah. like that, anything website related, we're doing as well. And we were heavily involved in, you know, the most recent upgrade to the Cosmos hub, uh, the Gravity Dex. Um, we work very closely with, you know, these other 14 teams and to make sure that every development that they make, everything that's ready to, you know, to sort of go live and uh, to be voted on by the, the Cosmos community, you know, um, gets out there. So are these other teams, do they develop like platforms on Cosmos or are they actually developing the Cosmos blockchain? Right. So like I said earlier, right, 2021 has really been the start of this multi-chain universe. And mm -hmm. likewise for Cosmos, right? We've been all, you know, all of these teams have been so focused on developing core infrastructure, sort of these, all these base layers, right, that you need, you know, to get to an interconnected world. And, you know, that's what the, the focus really is on. Um, a lot of them are starting to develop their own, you know, blockchains built on Cosmos technology. And given that Cosmos allows you to connect them all together, you know, that's what, that's the direction we're going uh, instead of having people build with smart contracts. Interesting. That's awesome. Well, um, so what is the inter, inter blockchain communication and what is the goal of the IBC? Yep. So Cosmos, the idea, you know, kicked off in 2016, came with the idea of not just building a, a blockchain framework, but a blockchain framework that can allow users to permissionlessly send tokens of one chain to the other, right? It's, it's sort of the holy grail we've all been waiting for. And, you know, for all of these years, we've been using centralized exchanges to make this happen, right? Mm. Um, let's say you, you know, you want to buy a token that's not on the Ethereum ecosystem. Let's say you want to buy Solana or something. Um, right now, you just have to go to, you know, Binance. Mm -hmm. And and trade in your ETH for Solana there, right? It's it's a really centralized platform, and you know when you deposit your tokens on there, you're not really sure, you know, who really controls those tokens. You know, if the exchange mm -hmm. shuts down, as many exchanges, you know, centralized exchanges have shut down in the past, you know, it's very difficult or without any recourse for you to get your tokens back. So the idea of a multi-chain, you know, multi-chain world that can communicate tokens between each other um, at the will of the user really allows you to, you know, custody all of the assets that you, you know, that you want to custody and also exchange them for any other asset that you want in, in this universe of crypto. That's awesome. So I saw that the Gravity Dex went live on Monday. Uh, can you tell us about uh, how the Gravity Dex works? What is a multi-chain Dex and the significance of this for, you know, crypto in general? Right. So first of all, you know, in terms of the architecture of Gravity Dex, it's it's um it's very different than what we've seen before. But in terms of the usability of Gravity Dex, it's meant to you know be similar to Uniswap, right? So if you've used a you know automated market maker or constant function you know market maker similar to Uniswap, you should have a fairly good idea of how to use the Gravity Dex, um, yeah. which is good, right? I think people appreciate some level of familiarity. But in the back end, it's it's wild. Um, 
we have Gravity Dex, which is you know located on one blockchain, the Cosmos Hub. And mm -hmm. the Cosmos Hub only has one token, right? So there's not really much you can do trading one token for the other. Um, but with IBC, right, the idea of inter-blockchain communication and permissionless user-initiated you know, token transfers, any blockchain using IBC can now send tokens to the Gravity Dex across the internet and create liquidity pools, you know, and allow you to exchange tokens for any other token that's available via IBC. So if a blockchain doesn't use IBC, is there a way for developers to implement the IBC on that blockchain that don't like necessarily work for, say, Ethereum um, and, and transfer those tokens onto Cosmos blockchain and the Gravity Dex? Yep. So this was the original vision for IBC. So IBC is always meant to be blockchain agnostic and a community agnostic. Um, it works very well if you are building a proof of stake blockchain. So one of the one of the requirements of IBC is that you know block finality needs to be um, achieved relatively quickly, right? Uh, what this means is you know blockchains with eventual finality like Ethereum mainnet right now and and Bitcoin, mm -hmm. which you know take a number of confirmations right before you assure that um, these transactions are legitimate, they have a they have a very difficult time to implement IBC. But uh, blockchains that are proof of stake based, you know, which are the majority these days. Um, have a very easy way to implement IBC. Um, speaking of Ethereum, though, you know, so much activity is happening on Ethereum, you know, the most transactions and, uh, you know, the most amount of value is being transferred there uh, on a daily basis. Um, we have this other protocol that's launching in Q3 called the Gravity Bridge. So this is a two-way two-way bridge between mm -hmm. Ethereum and EVM blockchains and mm -hmm. Cosmos blockchains. So initially, it will be a two-way bridge between Cosmos and Ethereum, right? So every you know IBC asset today, um, of which there are quite a number um, and growing every day. Uh, as of today, there are, I think, nine blockchains that support IBC, and um, there are going to be over 30 by the end of the year. So those will be able to transfer over to Ethereum, right, and allow you to, to purchase those on, um, on platforms like Uniswap. But at the same time, you know, every single... ERC-20 token that you can imagine on Ethereum will be able to flow through into Cosmos through Gravity Bridge. Gotcha. So is this Gravity Bridge, is this kind of like a temporary fix until Ethereum goes to proof of stake? And once it's proof of stake, will it be easier to implement all these different Ethereum tokens onto Cosmos? Well, so that's a, that's a great question. Um, it's not temporary. It's meant to be a permanent solution um, because it's not just Ethereum that we want to you know bridge to. Cosmos is about bridging all blockchains together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this Ethereum virtual machine platform is becoming very popular. So blockchains like Binance Smart Chain, you know, Polygon, um, Phantom, and, uh, you know, a number of other, they, they, maybe they brand themselves sort of layer twos for Ethereum, support the EVM. And with the Gravity Bridge protocol, they can bridge directly to Cosmos as well. Gotcha. So I actually tried to interact with the Gravity Dex earlier today uh, just to see what it was all about. I couldn't find a way to do so. Uh, do we need to wait for platforms to integrate with the Gravity Dex to use it, or is there a way to use it already? Right. So there's no way to use it for most people right now. It is um, a protocol that has launched on a blockchain, but there's no UI for it yet. Right. So you Got can it. use it from the command line, which, to be to be honest, I'm not even using right now because it's quite complicated. But uh, we are at Tenement very busy working on the UI. It's called Emrys. <clears throat> 
and mm-hmm. it should launch um, within July. Yeah, I, um, I I noticed that you guys, your um, like the whole SDK with uh, with Starport is pretty cool because you, I, I'm pretty sure it's in GoLang, and you um, you just do it from the terminal, and then you can pop up a UI like eight lines of code, and you're you're off and running, and that's that's fantastic. I just wanted to mention that one. Um, so during the D the DeFi Summit Fireside chat, you said that uh, Cosmos. Cosmos allows DeFi to go interchain. Could you tell us about Emrys and what role Emrys? Am I saying that right? Emrys? Emrys. Emrys. Yeah, so there are you know other teams other than Cosmos working on this. Uh, I think um, if you are familiar with something called Zapper, Zapperify or Zerion, right? These sort of um, multi-chain DeFi platforms, right? That let you see all the tokens that you have in Ethereum. And uh, I think they've, they've started supporting, you know, Matic. They started supporting Polygon as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Emrys is, is similar to this. Um, but what it has in addition, you know, to Ethereum support is Cosmos support. And through Cosmos support, right? And through protocols like IBC and Gravity Bridge, you know, there are, there are going to be far more chain supported than on, you know, multi-chain portals that exist today. So I just want to make sure I'm understanding Emrys correctly. Uh, so it's like a one-stop shop uh, for, for using uh, the Gravity Dex for seeing all your coins across chains and basically accessing the Cosmos Hub and, and all the interconnected chains. That's what Emrys is meant to be? Exactly. So in the beginning, right, the very first feature we're supporting through Emrys is Gravity Dex. Right? Mm-hmm. There's this multi-chain exchange to allow you to, to swap and uh, LP with tokens. Uh, mm-hmm. Over time, it'll fully support all of you know Cosmos features, which include mm-hmm. you know on-chain governance for every single chain you're involved in, and also um, staking on all the mm-hmm. chains that that are supported through IBC. And like I mentioned before, Gravity Bridge allows you know Ethereum tokens to fly into Cosmos, and from Cosmos tokens to fly into Ethereum. So that will mean you know we'll be starting to support some Ethereum protocols within Emirates as well. Um, you can mm-hmm. expect to use, you know, your favorite DEX, your favorite Ethereum DEX and Emirates. Um, So that's technically how it works. But uh, mm-hmm. the reason why we think this needs to exist is right now you have to use, you know, applications like, let's say, Blockfolio, right, to track the tokens that you hold across right. multiple blockchains. And for the most part, you know, you have to be manually typing in how much tokens mm-hmm. you hold in each of these chains. Uh and of course, for you to actually use these tokens, you need to go to your wallet and you have, you know, several wallets maybe across your phone and on ledger devices or, you know, with MetaMask. Mm-hmm. So there's many, many ways to interact with the tokens that you hold. And we think there should be one way that allows you to access all your tokens at once and allow you to send it across, you know, the internet of blockchains as you wish. Okay, so, so what's the um, advantage of you know, building your own connection to Ethereum versus just using Polygon or, or something like a proof of stake sidechain that's already plugged into into um, into uh, Cosmos. Yeah, so we love Ethereum, we love Polygon, and we you know we love all the scalability solutions that are popping up around Ethereum. Um, but what Cosmos offers is something slightly different. Um, so what Cosmos offers is the ability for you to build your own Polygon. There, there, you know, instead of building a smart contract on a platform that, you know, that is, um, that is run by, 
you know, polygon validators or, you know, the miners mm -hmm. on Ethereum, you're building a platform that's owned entirely by your community. Mm -hmm. So that means there are things that you can change, you know, on, yeah. on a sovereign blockchain that you can't really change if you're just writing a smart contract. So one of the biggest things that this gives you is um, full freedom uh, around blocks. So every single block would only hold the transactions of your application, right? So if you're building something that, let's say, is for a particular institution or a number of institutions or for a particular country or even like a, a local jurisdiction, you know, you don't really need to be sending these transactions across the entire world. You don't need to be paying, you know, $40 transaction fees to be speaking to people in, you know, mm -hmm. across the road or something, right? So, so local blockchain is a great use case for this. Very, mm -hmm. you know, specialized use cases for particular, um, uh, particular types of um, companies and particular types of industries, right? Uh, let's say you're in, you're in the energy business, right? You don't want to be sharing, you know, data about the energy business alongside, you know, someone's cats they want to sell um, <laughs> as an NFT on, on Ethereum. Mm -hmm. There are many use cases for which, you know, um, a set of blocks that are designed specifically just for your chain make a lot of sense. So that's what Cosmos allows for. And it also allows for you, you know, through the power of IBC to take the transactions that really need to be cross-chain, right? So let's say you were um, running a fundraiser in your, in your local community mm -hmm. and uh, you, you can build a chain for that, in fact, and, and collect the funds that way. Um, but once you're ready to you know, purchase something on the wider market, you can use IBC to send those funds to a larger marketplace, let's say like the Cosmos Hub. And by pooling your funds together and then sending one transaction you know, after, after a course of several weeks to, to a larger marketplace, you're able to buy what you want, send it back to your blockchain, that's awesome. Yeah, I know that that a lot of the the blockchain and, and crypto people, um, myself included, we like uh, we made a shirt that says "Decentralize Everything," right? And, and to an extent, um, a lot of things need to be decentralized, but but there's a certain like a lot a lot of use cases are okay with some uh, level of centralization, right? Uh, and, and like the examples you gave, um, sometimes it even makes more sense to use a less centralized chain um, if you really don't need that much trustlessness if i if that's a word um but so i'm curious how many chains are plugged into cosmos right now um and, and if you had to take a just a ballpark guess how many will be plugged in in a decade yep so 2021 right so ibc was finalized this year and it was enabled on the very first blockchain the cosmos hub in march of this year uh, fast forward now what is this now four months later um, we have nine blockchains that support ibc and we have an estimated, I think, 23 more um, over the next few months. So the number is growing rapidly. And through Starport, which Brian mentioned earlier, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you're not familiar with Starport, but if you're, um, you're a developer, you might um, know of Ruby on Rails. Right? Ruby on Rails is sort of the, the most easy platform for you to quickly scaffold a web application from mm -hmm. scratch. And if you're not a developer, maybe you know, you're familiar with, with you know, the web still. You may be familiar with WordPress, right? WordPress is one of the most mm -hmm. widely used um, blogging software in the world. It powers about one third of all the, the world's websites, actually. Wow. So that's what Starport is. Starport is a way for you to create a blockchain very quickly and, uh, and secured by some of the best technology in the business. Um, Starport is built on the Cosmos SDK, which actually secures Binance Chain, Cosmos Hub, Terra, um, Thor Chain, and, and many other chains. Um, mm -hmm. 
Very impressive. Yeah. Together valued at more than sixty-five billion today. Uh, maybe it's lower wow. because of the the market, but um, it's it's a very stable platform, very well trusted, and uh, it really lets you to build anything you want, as seen by how people are using it. Um, like I, okay, going back to the original question, there is mm -hmm. yeah nine chains that connect together right now. Okay. Uh, probably over thirty by the end of the year. Okay. Um, by the end of ten years, I would expect to see hundreds of thousands of chains connected through IBC. That's so cool. I think I think that's a pretty good estimate. I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, there's going to be a lot. I mean, there's like you said with Starport, it, you don't even have to be a developer to use it. And I don't I don't really know Ruby on Rails or GoLang very well, but and I know React and JavaScript. But it was it, it didn't take any time to go through the tutorials and like walk through how to do it and even how to hook up IBC and use Tendermint. Like it, I, I'm very impressed with the whole project, and it's it's pretty very useful and like you said there's gonna be a lot more uh to come onto it I, I i guarantee it yeah there's just so much more infrastructure that needs to be built but you know the, the vision for starport is is meant to be a way for you to create you know blockchains for anything that you want to and not just blockchains but you know what's trendy these days DAOs, right starport mm -hmm. allows you to create DAOs. it allows you to allocate tokens to a set of people it allows you to use those tokens to vote on anything that you want and allows you to distribute, you know, tokens as well to to any sort of fundraising mechanism that you care about, and you can build it, you know, on a weekend, you know, for, for the most simple version. And if you want to build, you know, a billion dollar blockchain, you know, we have the example of Binance Chain and Terra out there. Mm -hmm. So oh. I'm sure there there are other projects that are trying to connect multiple blockchains, uh, you know, sort of competitors of yours. Um, is there a future where these blockchains, these like uh, the, the internets, multiple internets of blockchains can just connect to each other as well? Yep, that is definitely the end goal. You know, we, we see every, you know, sort of multi-chain ecosystem, not as a competitor, but as a collaborator, because we're trying to bridge all chains together. And uh, there was a question earlier about, you know, non-Cosmos chains adopting IBC. Uh, we're seeing some of that already. Um, Polkadot, I believe is working on implementation of IBC. Um, we're, we're in talks with a number of other, you know, foundations and organizations building proof of stake blockchains to implement IBC themselves. Uh, yeah, generally they're very open to this idea. That's awesome. It looks like a, a crypto.com. Their mainnet was built on um, with IBC on Starport and or Tendermint. That's pretty cool too because they're a. I mean, they're they're getting out there too. I mean, every every project that's on here is huge. It's it's ridiculous, and it's crazy to think the scale that this can go to with the ease that it can as well. I mean, like you said, it's super secure. I'm if you can't tell, I'm very I'm very excited you're here, and I really like the, the Cosmos network. But like that's that's really awesome. It's very impressive. I didn't even know those kinds of numbers were on there. Yeah, I'm really glad to hear that, Brian. When you you know you mentioned Crypto.com, which I didn't even speak about yet, but um, the exchange tokens, right? Exchange tokens are something that's becoming more and more popular. And uh, aside from Crypto.com, right, there's also OKX Chain. So OK, you know, OK Exchange is also built. Um, the, the tokens also built on the Cosmos SDK as well as Binance Chain. You know, it's just a very practical solution. You know, if you're looking for something um, to secure you know, a, a large amount of value or a large number of transactions, you know, there's no better proven solution out there. 
that's that's really better than Cosmos SDK, and it's entirely free to use, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's talk about scaling for a second. Uh, as Cosmos gains more and more adoption uh, and the network gets more and more traffic, um, what measures have been taken to kind of prevent the congestion that we've seen on the Ethereum network, for example, to prevent uh, you know, transaction fee skyrocketing? Yep. So Cosmos was designed for scalability from the very beginning. Um, the idea of a, of a multi-chain world you know, where you build application-specific blockchains, right, is really the way we, we hope to scale. And it's really the solution that we think will, will make the most sense, you know, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road. Um, you know, I would expect every popular DeFi protocol on Ethereum, right, to eventually scale into their own blockchain and to use, you know, these cross-chain communication protocols, you know, for, to allow their users to transfer value once they're done using, you know, uh, one, or, one or more of these other protocols. That's just the, the only way this will work, right? If you want to have hundreds of thousands of millions of users per DeFi application, you're not going to be sharing it. You know, you're not going to be sharing block space on even Ethereum 2.0. So speaking uh, of scaling and, and Logan, do you mind if I ask this question? Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of scaling and, and users joining the Cosmos network, uh, I'm just trying to better understand like what the end goal of Cosmos is as far as the operability of it. Is this something that you see as, as being like a, a DEX for, for every blockchain that, that uses the IBC? Or is this something that, that people will be able to actually like farm tokens on and do a lot of other DeFi type things like across different platforms? Is that something that, that is feasible and in your roadmap? Um, so if I understand you correctly, Ryan, you're talking about um, the use cases of Gravity DEX. Is that right? Yeah, just more specifically, like, will you be able to yield farm cross-chain on Cosmos in the future? So you can already do that. Um, there's okay. more than one DEX in the Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, one project that that's came up recently, I think last month, that just went up last month, called Osmosis, allows you to yield farm cross-chain, essentially. Hmm. And, that's uh, crazy. Mm -hmm. It allows you to, you know, deposit tokens from another chain and then earn, you know, the the primary token of, of osmosis you'll be able to do something you know fairly similar with gravity decks in, in the coming months okay but all those funds are staying on on the cosmos ecosystem it's not like i could go to say binance smart chain and provide like bitcoin and bnb without wrapping anything to to one of those protocols um so ibc is all about wrapping tokens actually okay so you will have to wrap your tokens to bring it over right. to you know Cosmos DEXs, including the Gravity DEX. Mm. Okay. Okay. So say I wrap some of my tokens that were on the Polygon network uh, on, onto Cosmos. Say I wrap some from from Binance, um, and then I can you I can swap between those on the Gravity DEX, right? Um, are those transactions processed on uh, on the Cosmos hub on on that one chain? Um, or does it also use the power of all the chains that are plugged into it? So when you make transactions on the Gravity Dex, you know, no matter where these tokens came from, whether they came from, you know, like you mentioned, Polygon or, or Binance mm -hmm. Smart Chain, mm -hmm. um, they will all be processed on the Cosmos Hub. Okay. The, the Gravity Dex is on the Cosmos Hub. But once the transaction completes, you will have, you know, these wrapped tokens you can send back to the chain they came from. Okay, sure. So the the main Cosmos hub, the, the Cosmos chain, is what's going to need to you know scale the most to be able to provide you know the the functionality for all these chains coming together. That's right. 
Okay. And, you know, there's a future where even the gravity decks, you know, might be moved onto its own blockchain. You know, hmm. As scalability becomes a concern, as the Cosmos Hub offers more and more services to the chains that connect to it, you know, we will hit a bottleneck with the hub itself. And the hub might need to be decentralized into several chains itself. Hmm. And what would be the advantage of, um, so, so say you move the gravity decks uh, onto its own chain, um, wouldn't that require a separate transaction, a separate bridge, uh, and, and kind of just make the whole thing more complicated? No, no, it doesn't. Because um, the way IBC is meant to be used is it's meant to be used um, through single hops, right? So you wouldn't send your, your Polygon token from Polygon to the Cosmos Hub and then from Cosmos Hub to this, you know, Gravity Dex chain, but you'd send it directly from uh, Polygon to um, the Dex. Mm, okay. So I we see. try to keep things as simple as possible because um, the vast majority, I would say 99.99% of all transactions don't need to perform more than one hop through IBC. Because uh, mm. I'll give you an example, right? Let's say you're trying to um, lend some tokens that you hold. Let's say you're trying to lend your BTC and there's a lending protocol on a Cosmos blockchain, right? So you'd want to send the BTC through a BTC bridge to this lending protocol. Um, and then you might want to do something with your... Um, with the tokens you get, you know, right, mm -hmm. via lending. So what happens is your BTC gets locked onto this, you know, lending protocol on Cosmos and you issued a new token and that one you can send to another chain. So there's really no need for you to send BTC from one chain to another to another. Gotcha. And, and so you see Emerus as being like the, the, facita the facilitator, uh, the one-stop shop to go between all these chains to make it super easy from a, a user's perspective. Exactly. We really don't want people to, you know, shoot their, shoot themselves in the foot. We don't mm -hmm. want them to be sending tokens from one chain to the other and, and getting, mm -hmm. you know, sort of tangled up, getting their tokens tangled up, right? We want to keep their tangles mm -hmm. um, straight. And uh, <laughs> this is a sort of the wrong metaphor to use here. But uh, what I'm trying to say is we try to keep everyone focused on the tokens that they hold, mm -hmm. not on which blockchain they're on or, or right. where the yield farming is happening. That makes sense. Yeah, I know Ryan and I write a lot of articles on like how to buy Binance smart chain tokens because it's not obvious, it's not user friendly. Um, and, and so seeing as that's your background, this totally makes sense that, that Emirates is going to be this, um, this platform to, you know, kind of uh, abstract blockchain away from the end user. So Ping, moving on to Adam, Cosmos native token, can you tell us a little bit about that and also how does it accrue value or, or what gives it value? Right. So the Atom token has been used primarily for staking and governance up until this point, right? So people can, can get the Atom token and they can vote on the future of the Cosmos Hub. And they can also, you know, stake it to earn yield, I think somewhere around 10% per year or so. Um, there are a large number of features coming to the Cosmos Hub this year um, because we've started to have time to focus on that. Uh, the past five years, we've really been building, you know, the core infrastructure. We've been building IBC and launching IBC. And now, you know, it's the time for applications to start springing up. Uh, the very first application, which we've been talking about throughout this talk, is the Gravity Dex, right? So mm -hmm. the Gravity Dex is secured by the Atom. And that means that all transaction fees, you know, go to Atom stakers. Uh, beyond that, the Gravity Bridge coming in Q3 will also be secured by the Atom, right? So if you want, you know, a sort of a secure place where you send your Ethereum assets over to Cosmos, um, likely it'll be the Cosmos Hub, which is, you know, the highest value Cosmos blockchain. 
uh, as far as decentralized blockchain. Uh, Binance chain is valued more than the Cosmos Hub, um, but it can't be considered decentralized. Yeah, so so let's talk about um, levels of decentralization. Um, obviously, there's the the uh, classic blockchain trilemma, um, <coughs> where where you're giving up some levels of security for speed. Um, so how did you uh, you know how did you decide which of the which of the three from the blockchain trilemma to lean towards? I know you said it was designed for scalability, um, but also you guys claimed you, you just said you're more decentralized than the, the Binance Smart Chain, which is not very difficult to do. Um, but how many nodes are currently running uh, for Cosmos and um, how big is the block size? Do you see like uh, the, the total size of the blockchain becoming an issue in the future? Right, so with any blockchain, you know, the total blockchain size is always going to be a problem in the future. It's not something that we're, we're concerned about right now. Mm -hmm. um, I believe currently the Cosmos Hub is about 180 gigabytes. Okay. It's not a lot. Of course, with the, mm -hmm. you know, the recent launch of Gravity Dex a couple of days ago and the UI for Gravity Dex coming, you know, I would expect the, the blockchain size to balloon quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, but the way, you know, Cosmos really sidesteps the blockchain trilemma is by focusing a lot on scalability, right? So it's not about one chain. It's not about the TPS of one chain or the size of blocks on one chain or, you know, even the size of the entire blockchain. But, uh, you know, we asked the question, what if you have 100,000 blockchains to scale instead of just using one? So that's where, you know, Cosmos hopes to, mm. you know, solve scalability. So each app has its own chain, uh, and therefore, you know, it only has to handle its own congestion. Just like how every website has its own database, right? Every blockchain that we see connected through Cosmos, you know, has its, its own record. Very cool. Awesome. If you're building something big, right? What's one of the biggest databases on the web today? Let's say you're building Facebook, right? Uh, Facebook itself, if, if we're to you know, be converted to a blockchain application might be made up of, you know, 10,000 blockchains itself, mm. right? So I'm, I'm obviously just hand-waving away scalability here because it's a lot of work to get 10,000 blockchains mm. to communicate with each other. But that's generally how we think about scalability. If the Cosmos Hub itself becomes saturated, then we will break it into several pieces. Mm. Gotcha. Cool. So, so what do you think breaking... oh, Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Good. So by breaking up these uh, blockchains and, and making more pieces out of it to, to scale the blockchains, um, does that sacrifice the number of nodes on each blockchain? Or is there a way to do that where there's still the same number of nodes? Yeah, so that's, that's a great question. It ends up becoming very technical over time. But uh, so at the, the highest level, right, each node is just like one machine, maybe a number of machines. And there's 125 right now that secure the Cosmos Hub. 125 different teams located all around the world securing the hub. And uh, if, let's say, the Cosmos hub, you know, if it becomes too popular, too widely used, and we need to, you know, divide up the, the number of transactions going to one chain to the other, um, probably the simplest method to do that, right, is for each of these teams to run an additional node each, right? So there would be 250 nodes, 125 running one chain, 125 running the other. Mm. Uh, th there is very many different... Um, sort of cross-chain communication um, standards that are being developed right now to, to make that process easier. Gotcha. What do you think the future of um, Cosmos looks like? Like maybe break it down into the 10-year the plan and then, you know, 20-year plan. 
we can do it that you, way. You guys just came out with a new a new roadmap, right? Could you maybe walk us through that? Yeah. Right. So the Cosmos Hub roadmap just came out recently. It's a roughly a two year roadmap. Uh, it starts with the Gravity Dex and the Gravity Bridge, which you just mentioned. And uh, the next couple of features that that are coming up are staking derivatives. Um, it's fairly common, I think, with uh, Ethereum DeFi protocols already. But the idea is, if you stake, you know, your token in return for some rewards, you get like a another token that represents your stake. And potentially, you might want to stake that with another protocol, right? So that's what staking derivatives is. Um, for the Cosmos Hub in particular, you know, when you stake Atom, you right now you don't get anything, but in the future, with staking derivatives, when you stake Atom, you'll get, you know, a, a shadow Atom that you can use to participate in DeFi, potentially on the hub, potentially on other other blockchains in Cosmos. That's awesome. Uh, beyond that, there is interchain staking. So, in more common parlance, this is a shared security, right? So, this is the ability to take the Cosmos Hub validator set of 125 different teams and have them validate for more than one chain at a time. Um, we see this as sort of a, a way to bootstrap new chains that, that would you know, benefit from a lot of security. So this would generally be um, protocols that, that you know, are sort of greedy on, on value and on, on value locked, right? Um, one example might be uh, like a lending protocol, like I mentioned before, right? Um, to secure a blockchain, you need to have a lot of value staked and proof of stake. And if you were to spin up a new blockchain today, you know, how would you value this blockchain? You know, the amount you value the token. Let's say there were a hundred thousand tokens, and you value each one at a at a thousand dollars, right? Um, that would make for a one hundred million dollar blockchain. And you know, a hundred million dollar blockchain is probably sufficient value for you to do some some cool experiments on, to do some trading on, to do some locking on. But if you were to spin up a new blockchain that's only valued at you know ten thousand or a hundred thousand dollars, it wouldn't be secure enough for you to transfer a hundred thousand on. So that's where, where shared security comes into play. Very cool. Um, well, if the chat has, uh, I saw a chat question earlier. It was uh, asking what's the difference between Thor Chain and the Gravity Dex. I know that they're not even um, not even very uh, com- comparable. Um, but I know Thorchain is is one of the big ones that's plugged in right now. Um, could you maybe talk about uh, uh, is, so? There's Thorchain. There's Crypto.com. Are there any other ones that you want to point out? Uh, Thorchain, Crypto.com, Terra, Akash, Terra. Uh, Kava. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Chain, uh, Binance Chain. There's quite a number of others. Yeah. Isn't the uh, Binance Smart Chain on there? Um, I believe Binance Smart Chain is not. Oh, okay. Or there, I guess there are other ones. I know that they're, I know they're in there somewhere, but I don't know where they fit in, though. Yeah, the Binance Chain itself is built on the Cosmos SDK. That, I think okay, Binance yeah. Smart Chain is... Hmm. Gotcha. That's a, like, a, like a straight fork of Ethereum or some, like something similar to that. Something similar. Yeah. I haven't really researched this. Um, so hmm. going back to the original question, which is the difference between Thor Chain and Gravity Dex. I think hmm. that's a great question. Um, one of the biggest differences is the community, right? Um, Thorchain really promotes itself as, you know, the cross-chain DEX. And the community, you know, is all about earning yield. Whereas, you know, the, the Atom holders of the Cosmos Hub, you know, um, who originally, you know, fundraised the project in 2016, believe in this internet of blockchains, right? And about building 
lots of blockchains and supporting the growth of, of lots of blockchains. So that's, that's one core difference already. Uh, in terms of the implementation of the DEX itself, um, ThorChain, you know, brands itself as, as a, you know, cross-chain DEX for, um, unwrapped assets, right? So, so actually trading BTC, actually trading ETH on yeah. ThorChain, whereas on Gravity DEX, you know, assets generally are all wrapped other than, you know, the, the base token, which is the atom. Hmm. There you go, Richard. Um, all right. That is uh, all we have time for today. Um, Peng, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure. Uh, if there's anything else that you want to mention or bring up or shout out, uh, now is the time. The floor is yours. Yeah. The, the main thing I want to shout out, you know, primarily people who are interested in Cosmos today is that, you know, Gravity Dex did launch two days ago. You know, the interface is coming to use that um, this month. So definitely keep your eyes out for those announcements. Um, if you want to learn more, follow at Cosmos, so you can follow me at, at ZCPunk. But uh, Cosmos is probably um, more informative. Okay, and we did link the Cosmos Twitter uh, in the description below, so you can go right down there and, and find it. Um, but yeah, Punk, thank you so much for your time, uh, and we hope to have you back on in the future. I really appreciate being on here. Thank you, Logan, Brian, awesome. and Ryan. Thank yeah, you. we really enjoy it. We learned a whole lot, like, yeah, as always, but that's... Very exciting project to have on. So I'm. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you for coming on. All right. Have a good one. Alrighty, guys. If you enjoyed that Cosmos interview, I know I sure did. I learned a whole lot. Uh, let us know by smashing the like button uh, and, you know, giving us a little bit for the value that we just gave you. Um, but next up, let's do one moon or bust coin. <laughs> Uh, uh, so you guys drop the tickers in the chat. You know how this game works. You guys will show us uh, your coins. We'll pull them up and we'll give them a winner bus rating. I saw this one on their um, Hydro coin and on KuCoin where there's a 91%. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's talking about APY. Um, and I got this one. I for a while I got this coin confused with a uh, Hydra and Hydro, and I they might be similar. They might be the same. Or I think they're two different ones. But it's it's another like very confusing token. If it's the one I'm thinking of, where they don't really have a lot. Like you try to go to their website, and it's just a documentation, and it's really hard to kind of plow through. But you can get a really large return on. Um, their uh apy if you stake it on kucoin or you do their uh pooling x pool x which is pretty neat i mean that's a good return i i did it whenever i first saw it and sometimes it can go all the way up to like 250. yeah so what i'm seeing here though is the market cap's only 1.7 million dollars and with mm. such a low market cap i would have to assume that this staking this apy is coming from inflation not coming from user fees. So when you're staking yeah. on a proof of stake blockchain, you're typically earning the fees through the transaction fees, kind of like miners do on a proof of work network. Uh, but something like this, more likely than not, they're just printing out a bunch of tokens. Uh, it's a strategy that some tokens use to keep people stuck in their ecosystem. You know, you're staking coins and you see a 91% interest rate. You're not going to sell out even when it's going down. And naturally, these tokens do go down because they're printing off more, you know, it's supply and demand. 
Um, so just from that, I'm going to jump right to it. I'm going to give it a bust. Well, it's also could be KuCoin trying like because they have a whole their whole system too, trying to get more liquidity for themselves as well as the chain. Like they make they work out a deal, and some of these coins work out deals with these um, with like Coinbase and these exchanges where we will get we will make sure there's a high APY so we can get more liquidity, and then they don't have to add the liquidity themselves. So that's another reason too, and that's one thing you gotta you gotta think about. It. But it, I mean. If it's on a centralized exchange, it's a pretty good, uh, it's pretty safe. Well, quote unquote safe. But I did get this one confused with Hydra, not Hydro. I do know about their APY here, but I was thinking about a different um, uh, a different blockchain. But yeah, yeah so I agree could, with you. We could see here, there's like 111 million total supply, only 74 circulating right now. Uh, so that stands to confirm what Ryan says, that, that the rewards are coming from inflation. Uh, and therefore, basically useless. Uh, this seems like a, a semi Ponzi to me, so I'm going to give it a bust. I mean, kind of, it, it all depends on which way you look at. It. Like, are you just going to sit it and stake it, and that's how you're going to invest into it, or are you going to, you know, believe in the the project and do all that kind of stuff? Who knows how long the AP that high APY will stay? Um, it could be. I mean, it. it I, I agree with exactly what you said. I, I think it's the inflation, but. You know, it could drop down to 10 and then you, you've staked for six months and now you're just kind of out of that, whatever. Yeah, so, and, and not even here. that. Yeah, that that too. But not only that, it's, you know, you see 91% APY and you think, you know, if I'm going to hold for a year and if it stays at that, then I'm almost doubling my money. But that's just not the case because this token, it's dowed more than 50%. So if you invested, you know, a couple months ago, and then your investment halves, sure, you're making 91% in the token, but you're still losing money overall. So I mean, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to make 91%, you should probably make it on something that will be worth something in a year. Um, yeah. So Brian, what's your what's your verdict? Uh, this is I think this is one of my first busts in a while. Yeah, definitely. Uh, stay away from projects like these in general. Uh, yeah, not, it's just too good to be true, right? You uh, see, nine ninety percent yield. Come on, there there has to be a catch. He did mean Hydra. Okay, so I I I was pretty sure I was correct. I think Hydro is um, just some nonsense. Hmm. Seems to be so that stay way. Stay away from it. Go to Hydra. Stay away from Hydro. <laughs> We haven't made that verdict yet, Brian. I don't think we should be saying that just yet. Maybe we should pull oh. it up on CoinMarketCap. All right. Well, let, okay. Yeah. This cool. one's even smaller. <laughs> is it, no, it's not. Well, it has a bigger market cap, but why is it ranked way lower? Well, yeah, it's, it, um, it's a little bit different too. So it's a proof of stake blockchain um, that is solving, uh, that it combines inflationary as well as de deflationary mechanics to to go up and down and kind of um, to uh, regulate itself, which is pretty cool. And they're in like kind of an older project, but they haven't had a full website since last time I checked. It was just a doc, a doc page. And it was really hard to kind of understand what they got going on. But um, I do like this project with an A at the you end. You want to pull up the website, Logan? Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. the chart doesn't look terrible for where the market's at. Mm-hmm. So this this sounds kind of familiar to Ethereum uh, EIP fifteen fifty nine actually, 
because um, obviously, you know, Ethereum's an inflationary token right now. They mint more off. It's, you know, about 10% a year. Um, but then now they're going to be into implementing a deflationary mechanism. So, you know, it kind of balances out. The more that people that use the network, the more tokens will be burned. So, you know, in the future, maybe it'll be deflationary instead of inflationary and then hence ultrasound money. Hit the staking um, drop down menu. It, it is 90, like 90, 91%, but that's where that number was coming from too. And Hydra is on uh, KuCoin. I don't think that Hydra token is on actually on KuCoin because um, mm. I haven't seen it, but I do know Hydra is. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, it's a it's a pretty cool concept. It's a pretty neat um, idea. And it's, they actually have been around a little bit longer than a lot of these you know, newer projects too. So I think that um, I would give this one a moon because they do that deflationary, inflationary thing. And that's where you get the high APY because they take and they give and take, give and take, and they fluctuates it. So it's, it's kind of neat how they do that. Um, I like it. I'll give it a moon. Uh, okay, so from fundamental perspective, they're doing the same thing that Ethereum will do in two weeks, so I'm giving it a bust. Well, it's its own. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not going to compete, but I, I like the idea of it. Can you go back to the coin market cap page, Logan? Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to stick to a bust just because of the same reason I gave Hydro. If, if you're staking something and making over 90% interest on it, more likely than not, it's not all coming from user fees. It's probably coming from inflation. No, it, um, it's not user fees. It, it is the inflation and deflation. Um, mm-hmm. you, you are right. That is where it comes from. It's not, it's, it's not those redistribution fees or those DeFi coins. It's, um, there's another token that I think we've covered before. It's not P tokens, but and I'll bring it up later. But they do that where they... Um, it's a stable coin, but it'll go up and down as you go and you can get rewards from it. But the price is going to stay between 90 cents and 110 and just kind of go and go and go. And then on the next level up, it's going to go to $2 and $3 and four. And it's going to keep going, um, which is pretty cool. I, I don't remember the name. I don't think we really have time to get into it. So we'll save it. Alrighty. That is all we have time for today. Like Brian said, if we didn't get to your coin and you need to know, uh, you can shoot us a DM on Twitter and we'd be happy to get back to you. Uh, Otherwise, come back on Friday where we will be doing Shiba Inu part two. It's going down for real. Uh, You won't want to miss it. Uh, As always, my name is Logan Ross. This is Mooner Bust, your home for all things altcoins and DeFi. Co-hosts Brian Moore and Ryan McNamara. Thank you guys for a great show today. We will see you on Friday.